We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Sports Radio WEEI as we cruise into the 3 o'clock hour. It's Christian Arkin. It is Kyrie Thompson taking you up until 6 o'clock. And as promised, we don't just do one guest. We do two guests back-to-back. Oh, yeah. That's what we do. Yes. And uh, as we uh, transition back to our Patriots and football discussion, we welcome in from uh, Odyssey from everywhere. This guy's omnipresent. You turn on the TV, you turn on any radio, anywhere in the country, you're going to hear from Ross Tucker. And uh, we're here from him right now. Ross, how are you? How was your holiday? Uh, it's pretty awesome, actually. Other than um, other than my daughter getting the stomach bug, which I'm fighting through right now, I have not eaten anything yet today. And I can't tell you guys the last time it was three o'clock and I hadn't eaten anything. Like I'm a former offensive lineman, that just doesn't happen. So um, I feel like crap, but I'm hoping that I at least lose some weight out of this. <laughs> like I'm I'm trying to take the pros with the cons. Uh, I, I'm okay with feeling bad for a day or two if I can lose like eight to ten pounds. I've been trying to lose three o'clock, and you haven't. This this interview may end abruptly. Then is what you're trying to say. Right? Yeah, might have some hanger to sort through, <laughs> right? That's what I'm hearing. No, I'm okay. I'm literally, I'm literally, um, not to give you guys a visual, but it, it, like, I am laying down on my back talking to you guys. Like, here's the thing: I'm a lineman. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm right. tough. I'm gonna get through it. We got we we have a lot of stuff to talk about as it relates to the Patriots. I wasn't about to skip out on this. We yeah. certainly do. Yeah, uh, we got we got to fight through the pain here. I dig it. Let's uh, go ahead and start right there. Another pretty embarrassing ending to the game there for the Patriots. It was a nice comeback in the second half, obviously, Russ. But once again, uh, this team just sort of shows their low IQ at the worst possible time. And it's Ramondre Stevenson again, who's been one of their better players. Uh, what do you sort of make of the? I know they're still alive in the playoffs, but what do you sort of make about their uh, their spiral here in these last five games? It must be so strange for you guys, you know, for all the listeners right now. These are like the things that it feels like teams would do against the Patriots all the time over the years, right? Like my buddies that hate the Patriots, they'd watch a playoff game and they'd be like, here it comes. I'm telling you, here it comes. And then, you know, Ramondre Stevens would fumble or whatever it is. It's really bizarre to see the shoe kind of being on the other foot. It's really strange to see the Patriots being the one where, like, the punter drops the ball or they have a block punt or whatever the case may be at the end of these games. And what makes it even stranger is Belichick has been very clear that Ramondre Stevenson is his boy. 
And I like Ramondre Stevenson. I think he's a good player. I remember last year doing that preseason game for the Eagles, you know, against the Patriots, Ramondre's rookie year. I thought, wow, this guy's a beast. And he's turned out to be a beast. But the guy that Belichick can never stop singing his praises has now arguably cost them back-to-back wins. Uh, you know, I mean, that, you just don't see that very often in the NFL from any player, let alone a running back, let alone like the, the, the teacher's pet for the head coach. You know, it's really amazing, Ross, um, on, on top of that. You kind of mentioned the culture part, and it feels like in so many ways the Patriots have become what everybody used to laugh at around here, and that really felt that way in the first half, whereas for the third straight game, it just felt like they had no rhythm, no execution, no nothing. And then all of a sudden in the second half, it's the Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne show. But why do they continue to look so lost in the first half? How much of it is on just how much of it is on Mac Jones and how much of it is on things outside of his control and then what in the world happened in that second half where they looked better? It's a good question. Really good question. Um, it's never all on one guy, and I know you guys know that. But I can't remember. Maybe I'm forgetting the game, but I can't remember the last time where it felt like the Patriots really got off to a good start. I mean, even like the Raiders game where Mac Jones does like the quarterback sneak thing over the top for a touchdown, (laughs) but the receiver is moving. I mean, I'm telling you, I feel like the Patriots have had more silly, dumb, whatever you want to call them, mistakes this year than like the last 20 years combined. And so that's the question I'm asking if I'm Robert Kraft right now is like, wait a minute, what's going on here? We, we never used to do this. Even, you know, the Cam Newton year, they weren't good, but it felt like they didn't make some of these silly mistakes. And obviously last year with Mac as a rookie, they did a lot of positive things. It feels like it's a, a done deal that O'Brien's going to be the coordinator next mm. year. It honestly feels like Belichick wanted O'Brien to be the coordinator this year, but he talked to Saban about it. And Saban was like, hey, man, I'm tired of these one-and-dones. I got uh, Bryce Young coming back. Can you let me just keep Billy here for another year, and then he can go? When I, when I bring in a new quarterback, then O'Brien. It, it, it feels like they kind of had like a horse trade deal there and that everyone's known kind of the whole year that O'Brien will be the offensive coordinator next year. And maybe I'm wrong, but there's just a lot, a lot of smoke there. And I do think he'll do a better job than Patricia has done. And I think Patricia has been put in an unfair spot. I mean, mm. like, what, what were the odds that this would go really well for Patricia? <laughs> Not Let's good. Let's take a guy who's Long. been on the defensive side of the ball since 06, that would have been, or a head coach. And let's not only move him the offensive side of the ball, let's make him the play caller. You know, this was an experiment that was highly likely to fail. And either Belichick didn't realize that or didn't care, either one of which I think is very damning. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I say either way, it's uh, it's not a not a great reflection. We're talking with Ross Tucker here. Uh, Ross, do you think that Mac Jones is a dirty player? Um, yeah, kinda. 
Yeah, I mean, he's got enough on his resume there now of people sending me other clips. The one on Eli Apple was just horrible. And what I don't understand is how the NFL doesn't throw a flag for that. You know, you are only allowed to have a low block within the tackle box. You can't do it anywhere, really tight end box. You can't do it anywhere other than the tight end box. You certainly can't do it downfield or on a change of possession. And I really, I mean, I've seen the quotes from Mac where it was like he said he was trying to help out Thornton and not let Eli Apple get to Thornton. I'm glad Mac was fined. It's not the first sort of questionable activity he's had. Although, in fairness, I know there were people that kind of thought that about Brady, too, over the years, that Brady would go spiked up or have stuff like that. But I, I kind of feel like Mac's taking it to another level. Well, that was my next question is, could, do you remember another quarterback that had this reputation? Other than, maybe other than Brady? Is he, can you think of anyone? Mm, trying to think. No one's jumping to the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure there are. Um, it's just usually quarterbacks aren't really in a position to be that dirty. Right. You know what I mean, like they're the ones usually getting hit, but you know, he's, he's spiked guys in the nether region. He's, you know, come in cleats up. Now he goes low on Apple. Um, there've been a couple other things that I think are questionable. You know, I, I, my real question with that is I would love to know how the other Patriots feel about that. Oh yeah. You know, I'd love question. to know what they think. Because, honestly, some of them might be like, ha-ha, I love it. Glad he's on my team, you know. That guy doesn't mess around. He's, he, or, and other guys will think, I don't like that. I don't like that. Our They're going to retaliate on him. Yeah, exactly. You know what? In real time, as I'm just thinking about it, I couldn't believe Mac did that. I was at, I was at the game. Could not believe he did that. And then Eli Apple also doesn't get flagged for trying to retaliate. He took a swing at him, but cameras didn't, didn't pick that up. And the thing is, the the referees probably weren't watching at that point because I mean the play was getting blown dead and they were following Thornton and the ball and all that stuff and trying to converse with each other. But I mean I've had people try to defend that play and I'm sorry that it, that that's the worst one he's done in my mind and and I can see you agree with that. It's like closing the book on that though. The, we might not have Tua Tungavailoa playing for the Miami Dolphins this week. He's in the concussion protocol again. If it is Teddy Bridgewater or insert backup here, how confident are you that the Patriots can actually take advantage of the gift they are being given? Well, first of all, I'd be stunned if Tua Tungavailoa plays in this game. Um, you know, with everything that happened earlier in the year, there's just so much conversation around him and what has happened. And, and most reasonable people believe this is his third concussion this season and so not only do I not think the Dolphins should put him back out there I don't think Tua Tungavailoa should try to go back out there I mean at some point he and his family his parents have to talk about this three concussions in one year that is not good and I think it's highly unlikely for him to go right back out there the next week Bridgewater's a pretty competent backup um, I do think this is going to be a, a one-score game that comes down to the end, kind of typical Patriots fashion this year that could go either way. But it's kind of wild. The Patriots, you know, with all these other teams losing, they, they still very much have a great chance to make the playoffs, which I don't know that anybody 
expect them to do much if they get there, but it's still pretty cool that they're, you know, still alive at this point. If the Dolphins had won, it would have been over, right? Dolphins are in and it's over. Right. Yeah. I believe so. And if they win, uh, if they beat them then, and the Jets lose, then they're definitely in this weekend and the Patriots will be out. It's a chance, but, I mean, they st- New England would still have to beat Buffalo on the 8th. So, I mean, I don't know how high that chance really is unless Buffalo rests all their starters because they, uh, they're locked in. But yeah, Which I'm not sure that's going to happen because KC and Buffalo right. have the same record. So I feel like unless they were just like, yeah, we don't care about the number one seed, I mean, KC's probably going to beat the Broncos because the Broncos are terrible. Yes. No, the the Bills are going to have to play their guys against the Patriots. They desperately want that bye, and they desperately want Kansas City. Yeah, because they don't want a redux of last year the way it was. Yep, exactly. So that makes it pretty long odds for the Patriots. You see any surprises coming here as we come down to the last two weeks? you think any teams are going to be uh, knocked out or sneak in? Um. You know, I didn't realize it was so hard for the Packers to still get in. Mm. You know, that they need a lot to go their way. They got to beat the Vikings and the Lions and then have other things go their way. I kind of thought that they'd be able to, to sneak in, but the Commanders first and then to a lesser extent, the Lions kind of control their own destiny. So I don't think so. I mean, I think it's interesting that, you know, the, both the Patriots and the Packers, I think, are capable of making some noise in the playoffs, like winning a game. But I don't think either one of them will actually get in. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> Although I, there's been a, there's been some talk here, uh, Ross, about was it even worth it for the Patriots to make it into the playoffs? Like this isn't a team that probably could win a playoff game anyway, um, and maybe it'd be better to to get a better draft pick. I think we're a little late in the game for that, but. That is something that people are saying around here. I mean, is that that obviously is not something that ever comes up in the locker room. But, you know, l- looking at where the Patriots have drafted and sort of where they've been, like, could that maybe even be slightly more beneficial in the big picture? Um, yeah, but Belichick would never, ever, ever look at it that way mm. because, you know, he know, he wants to win every game for his record. He wants to go to the playoffs as many times as possible. And I think he's confident enough that he thinks that they get to the Patriot, if they get to the playoffs, you know, they might be able to win, find a way to win a game or two or whatever. It, it is interesting though because it feels like the Patriots are va- very much now a mediocre team, which I don't know. Sometimes you're almost better off being bad than than mediocre. It just feels like they're a 500 team. I don't know what they can do this off season other than O'Brien making a big impact on offense to be better than that. Ross, to kind of wrap things up, if you were in the situation to, to you know, kind of make this choice, is Mac Jones your quarterback for the New England Patriots in 2023 beyond the shadow of a doubt given what he's done this year? Um, it's the beyond the shadow of the doubt part that gives me some hesitation. I think Mac Jones would be my quarterback next year. My question would be, who else do I bring in in case he falters? Is it just Zappy, or is it like Derek Carr? Is there somebody else I think could be better that I bring in in case in case Bill O'Brien isn't like the uh, the magic potion for Mac Jones? I I think if you're the Patriots. It's a little scary to go into next season with all your all your eggs in that Mac Jones basket. Quick quick question. How would you feel about Jimmy G? 
I, I would feel like that gives you another option, but he's basically the same as like Mac Jones at this point. I, I don't, I don't think there's a big difference between those guys. And I know that the Patriots really do not like guys that get hurt a lot. It's just that, you know, that that's such a negative to them. I'd be surprised if they did that. Yeah. I'd be surprised with that too. Hey, Nick Foles only had three picks last night. You know, he could be, he could be looking <laughs> for a bounce back. Uh, Ross Tucker. Thanks so much for the time. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Absolutely. See you guys. All right, thanks, thanks Russ. Feel better, buddy. Uh, Ross Tucker. Ailing in his uh, sick bed, spending some time with us here today. Yeah, Six but one, he brought it. He did. He brought it. He wouldn't even know, and he was uh, hadn't eaten all day. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. That's the phone number. When we come back, we're going to talk about two players on the Patriots offense: Ramondre Stevenson and Kendrick Bourne, who next to Mac Jones may be the two most important players on the offense, maybe even on the team, considering where they are right now. We'll get to all of that right after this. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. The Patriots host the Miami Dolphins this Sunday at 1. According to head coach Mike McDaniel, Tua Tagovailoa is in concussion protocol, putting his status for Sunday's game in doubt. If Tua can't go, it'll be Teddy Bridgewater under center for the Finns. The Dolphins enter Sunday's game having lost their last four games. The Celtics are back in action tonight, coming off a convincing win over the Bucks on Christmas Day as they host the Houston Rockets. Robert Williams and Peyton Pritchard are listed as questionable. The Celtics enter tonight as 14.5-point favorites. The Bruins play the first of a back-to-back tonight in Ottawa. Puck drop is set for seven. In Red Sox news, Rich Hill has found himself a new home as he and the Pittsburgh Pirates have agreed to a one-year $8 million deal. Hill turns 43 in March as he enters his 19th big league season. And in other NFL news, three-time Defensive Player of the Year and seven-time All-Pro J.J. Watt has announced he will retire at the end of the season. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. It's brought to you by Brennan Smoke Shop, the very best smoke shop in Massachusetts and now in New Hampshire. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're right back to it. It's Arcand and Kyrie on WEEI. First and goal. Stonewalled. And Stevenson lost the football. Cincinnati claims they've got it, and they do. 
Patriots cough it up with 55 seconds to go. Tough loss on Saturday to the Bengals. Ramondre Stevenson ended up fumbling there uh, towards the end of the game. Uh, how do you kind of get him back to a good mental mindset so that doesn't, that doesn't continue to snowball throughout the rest of the season? Well, Ramondre, is a, he's a good, really good competitor. He's one of our best players, and um, I'm sure he'll be ready to go. Three twenty-two. Here's Sports Radio WEEI. Christian Arkin, Kyrie Thompson. That was Ramondre's hideous fumble at the end of the Bengals game. Cost the Patriots the game. They were in control of that game and uh, needed to get in the end zone. Still, sure, but we're looking like they were about to. All the momentum was in their favor. They'd shut out Cincinnati that half and had scored eighteen unanswered points before uh, Stevenson puts it on the ground. Before we get to the uh, ramifications of all of that, did you think they should have called forward progress on that play? I feel like it, it well I feel like probably not. Um I mean it would have been great if they had, but I think the part of the ruling there is that he has to be in control. And I don't think he was fully in control in the grasp of the defense. He was still kind of fighting his way out and it looked like he was breaking a tackle or two. He wasn't completely wrapped up just as far as I'm remembering it, but I mean clearly uh it didn't look like he was going anywhere. I would not have said no to a forward progress right there. Yeah. Um, it's just, man, that's, that's just a tough play for him. Man. He's the kind of guy who breaks tackles. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he, he's, he gets, he escapes on that kind yeah. of play sometimes. I'm I'm not surprised they didn't call forward progress. Maybe they do it differently from player to player, but especially with someone like Stevenson, like he wasn't completely in the grasp yet. He had gone backwards, that's true, but guys go backwards and then bounce it to the yeah, outside all the time. Yep. And Stevenson does that, too. It's not like he's never done that before. So I uh, I was okay with them not calling forward progress there. I thought the people calling for that were just being crybabies. But either way, whether they called that or didn't call it, yeah, you still got to hold on to that ball. I'm looking back to it, and he's, he was not fully in the grasp. He wasn't fully controlled. There was a chance he could have broken out. I mean, it's it's tough. And he didn't stop. Like, if he had yeah. stopped and was like, oh, I'm forward progress, I'm done, and it was waiting for a whistle, which you're not supposed to do. But, like, if he had yeah. done that, then you could say, oh, well, he thought the play was over, which, again, you shouldn't do. But he didn't stop. He kept going. His legs were still moving. Like, that yep. means the play's still going if you don't hear a whistle. So I wasn't upset about that. I was very upset, though, to see this poor kid uh, one week after that hideous lateral play yep. to a guy who was blocking and not ready for it now coming out trying to make another play and he had been uh, not great for them during the game it was one of Stevenson's weaker games this year coming off of a monster game uh the week before against Vegas but yeah I just I sort of wonder you know you start getting a reputation as a guy you can't trust down the stretch it's tough to shake that it's just so tough man because you know you go in the locker room and, and you see the respect that the team has for him and the fact that you know he he's you know willing to own up to it when he makes a mistake I mean these guys know He's one of the best players on the entire team. Adrian Phillips said that. Mm. Like he, he got out of pause for saying it's like he's our best player on the offensive side of the ball because I feel like he wanted to, you know, some deference to a uh, Matthew Judon right or something. Like that. But but they they know he's one of the best players on the team, and he has been shouldering a heavy burden for this squad, especially with Damian Harris out. And you could tell he's out there. He's tired. He's fatigued. He is just he's battling. And he's not full, he has not fully been himself over the past couple of weeks. And he's still out there trying to gut it out. He had a good play here or there. But, I mean, the, the tread is really starting to come off at, at, the, at the end of this year. At the same time, man, it's like, and, and he said it after the game, 
you, at some point, you just got to know when, when the journey's over. And again, it's a situational football right. thing. I understand. The guy wants to make a play. He so badly wants to make this play. He wants to get in the end zone. He wants to help his team win. But man, the Bengals don't got any timeouts. All you got to do is, is drain it down, drain it down, drain it down, and you'll have more chances. And it's just, it, it, it's hard to see it happen to him. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame. You think about his rookie year. And he didn't play a lot. And there was some times where he flashed and some times where I think Harris was hurt. And you thought, hmm, man, it'd be nice if he uh, if he got a little bit more run. And there was talk about fears and some of the other guys on the coaching staff maybe oh, yeah. not really being all in the Ramondre Stevenson train. You know, like it was there was some issue there. I don't exactly remember well, what it was, but maybe this has something to do well, with it. Well, I, I asked him about it because I was there in, in spring practice and training camp, and yeah. they would be all on him. But the thing was, I don't think it was the fact that they didn't completely trust him. Because, I mean, well, at least not in the beginning, right? He fumbled in that first game against Miami. And then, yeah, you ride the pine. When you're a rookie who puts the ball on the ground, you got to sit. But in training... (laughs) What about a second-year player who puts the ball on the ground? Well, well, the problem is who you going to play. Right. You're going to have the rookies play? You know, you can't have that. He's one of your... He's one of the best players on the team. You can't... You can't sit him. But last year in particular, it was... You know, he's a young guy that I think a lot of people were talking about, oh, yeah, well, they've got so many running backs, they're going to redshirt him. And I kept on telling people, like, this guy can play. And I, they were getting on him because they believed he could play, too. That, that, that's what I think. And, you know, they would be reaming him about, you know, pass protection or he, if there was a hole he didn't see or what have you. And I asked him about it. And he's like, yeah, they got on me pretty good last year. And I kind of had to tell these rookies, uh, you know, because they got some of the same treatment, like, Pay attention to what's being said rather than how it's being said. Just understand they're trying to help you. They, they want you to get better because they believe in you. And I feel like that's a, that's a form of belief that I feel like he really has tried to stick to. That, yeah, mistakes are going to happen, but ultimately you can't let it affect you. You can't play scared. And, and I mean, I, re, I respect that. And I respect the fact that you know he, he came on the way that he did last mm. year after that fumble when he got his chances again. He, did, he didn't give it back. He didn't fumble again. His, his last fumble was, you know, his first fumble since well, that first game. Well, he had two in that game. game, but yeah. Yeah, his first fumble since, since that first game, that was um, the Raiders game well, or, like, or like whatever in, in that one. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he hasn't been given the ball up. It's yeah. just, it's tough. It is tough. It's tough to sort of see that happen. I think one indication of how different things are now than they were earlier on in the Belichick-Brady years is that even though Stevenson, like you said, is one of the best playmakers and best players really on the entire offense, you fumble like that in the past, Stephen Ridley, whoever, yeah. you were getting benched. And that was just it. And they would put somebody else in there because, really, I don't think Bill valued the running backs all that much. I think Bill sort of looked at the Dime running backs a dozen. as you can, you know, you can get value from there. That's why he drafted these next two. Exactly. You know, I think Harris is probably out the door, and we'll see what Stevenson's future is. I don't think that he's going to be, you know, getting some big contract and going to be uh, paid to stay here in New England. I just thought I don't see that happening. That never happens I mean, uh, with yeah. running backs here. Well, yeah, and, and I see. I feel like he's different in a way, because of how multidimensional his game is. Mm. Like, Damian Harris, like, yeah, Damian Harris is, is probably gone for any number of reasons, whether it's injuries or the fact that he is kind of one-dimensional. Yeah. Sony Michelle, they moved on yeah, from quick. You, yeah. you, don't, you don't pay that. You don't pay a Damian Harris kind of running back in, to, to stay in free agents. You don't extend that one. Ramondre Stevenson is the kind of player that you extend. And particularly when you look at the production and everything he's done for this team, at the same time, I think it's worth wondering 
after you've seen you know kind of what's happened here these last couple of games, and you see what happens with him next year, and, and you kind of evaluate that. I feel like he's the kind of player you think about it with, but the con- the conventional wisdom nowadays is don't pay running backs. Like don't don't extend running backs. Yep. Go and go get another one. That's why they drafted those two dudes. I told everybody that last year, going into the going into the combine and into the draft. Like, yeah, look at running back because this is one of those times when you replenish the ranks. They were like, oh no, why would you do that? You've got all these running backs here, and there you will go. They drafted two of them. Yep, they drafted two new ones, <laughs> and uh, they had that one pretty good game. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. That's your phone number. Uh, we've been talking about Ramondre Stevenson here. I want to talk about another player on the offense who I think is. Very important as well. Maybe not as much of a difference maker this year as Stevenson has been, although we don't really know because he's only played about 40% of the snaps. I'm talking about Kendrick Bourne, who had his best game of his career this past week. Six catches for 100 yards, uh, was making catches in traffic, got in the end zone, um, looked like the Kendrick Bourne that we saw last year. And uh, it wasn't like that every week last year. Again, it was his career high in yards. But he seemed like a productive difference maker in the offense, and uh, Mac was really looking for him in the second half. Um, there's a real Kendrick Bourne problem here, and it's not his play. I do think he's getting a little overrated right now because everyone's talking about him like he's Randy Moss, but uh, he's better than what they've been putting him out there. It's clear. He deserves more playing time. I think everybody gets that, especially considering who's on the field instead of him. Um, What the bleep is going on with this team and Kendrick Bourne? I just don't even know at this point. If it's really that petty that it was this whole missed meeting you got on Matt Patricia's bad side back in August... Mm. And he still got you in the doghouse. I just, I don't get it, man. I really don't. And, and you know, the, the, the thing about it that struck me was being at that game and watching it unfold and seeing how bad it was going in the first half. And then in the second half, it, it wasn't like it was. There, there have been times where I thought, okay, there have been, there's been some adjustments here mm. on the offensive side of the football and, like, you know, like some better play calls or what have you. I don't really think the play calling or, or the coaching or anything like that was much better at all. I think it was literally just Mac was like, okay, we're Kendrick Bourne down there somewhere. And and they used that chemistry to full effect, and, and Kendrick Bourne was just making plays. And Mac Jones was looking for him down the field like, forget it. I'm just cutting it loose because I know where Kendrick Bourne's going to be. And and that – what other offensive player – what other receiver, I guess, if we'll make it specific, aside from Jacoby Myers, does Mac Jones have that with? The answer is nobody. Nobody. Maybe a little bit with Parker. I thought in the beginning they showed a little something, but I don't think, I mean, he's been out so much and uh, unproductive for a lot of games too that it's hard to really count on him. Um, Tyquan Thornton is starting to look like another pay- typical Bill Belichick wide receiver pick, as in to say not really much there. And uh, Aguilar's Aguilar, you know? I mean, we all sort of knew what we were getting when he came in. Kendrick Bourne and uh, Jacoby Myers should be numbers one and two, I think. That's that's clear. That should have been clear from the beginning. If they were your number one and two last year. should yep. have always been that way. Yeah, and Bourne put up decent numbers last year. The kind of numbers that you can build off of. And when you have chemistry with a rookie quarterback, you would think that'd be an easy one. you think that'd be a layup. But for some reason... Uh, be it Matt Patricia being petty. I know there was an equipment violation. I know he was fighting. and He uh, got ejected from that practice. Right, with Carolina or something. Yeah, I mean, but who didn't? I mean, everybody was fighting Carolina. They were fighting each other before Carolina, before the joint practice even started. The Patriots in the preseason were not super disciplined, and for some reason only Kendrick Bourne got really punished for it. You know what's interesting, too? So, I mean, there were these rumblings that Kendrick Bourne wasn't happy with the offense despite calling it dope and saying, like, all, all this stuff trying to be complimentary but there were some some rumors that it it wasn't all that that uh you know touchy feely you know kumbaya behind mm. the scenes 
And if you don't mind, I'll take you into the locker room for, for a second here from the, this, this past mean. game. So we know about Kendrick Bourne going off after the Buffalo game yes. and holding court for like 15 minutes and all the cameras are just surrounding him as he says a bunch of things that the Patriots probably did not want him to say. It's like the Sermon on the Mount. Yes, <laughs> about, yeah, don't, don't, uh, it's like we need to push the ball down the field and our offensive line's not doing a good enough job protecting and blah, blah, blah. Right. And got to scheme it better. He was, he gotta, was yeah, got to scheme talking, it better yeah. on third down. I mean, he, he was cooking. He yeah. was up there cooking. <laughs> Again, on Saturday after the Bengals game, it was kind of a similar scene. So I, I finished up, you know, my little post game recap and I go down to the locker room and the cameras are just all around him again. Mm-hmm. And from what I caught, it was pretty tame, but it's going on and it's going on and it's going on. And it's hitting five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes. And one of the Patriots PR people turns to like kind of waves over another one. Uh, no, I don't, I want I want to name names. That's no. not a Stacy job. No, 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 no. <laughs> but but one of the Patriots PR people kind uh-huh. of waves over to another one who's kind of effectively on the communications team. Mm-hmm. And is like, Hey, could you, Get this wrapped Nothing up. Nothing to see here. Yeah, it's like, it's like can, can you can you get this done in a couple questions? You know, kind of off to the side because they're like, yeah, we don't want this whole thing devolving into another Kendrick Bourne sermon where we got to answer questions about it. And again, a were, giant hook appeared behind. Yeah, him, yeah, like, it, slow. yes, yes, and it, it, it broke up properly in like a minute. Um, but again, it wasn't one of those situations where I, there wasn't much to talk about from this one. Kendrick minded himself and and, and didn't didn't say anything off the wall, but. I feel like they kind of know, the media knows that Kendrick's a bit of a mark now. Mm. And the PR staff kind of has an idea that he is too. And I think they know that, that, look, for whatever you feel about Kendrick Bourne, like, hey, he dropped some passes or, you know, uh, you know, he needs to be more productive when he's on the field. A lot of people know that he's kind of touching the nerve yeah. of what's going on with this offense. Yeah. I'd say that there's, uh, I don't know, I mean, it seems like from the outside looking in and someone who's in the locker room, maybe you have more of an insight on this. It does sort of seem like there's a bit of a line in the sand and that, you know, Kendrick Bourne and Mac Jones and some of the other disgruntled players on the offense are on one side and maybe, you know, the coaching staff's on the other side. And I feel like Kendrick Bourne, maybe more than anybody else, is really uh, the symbol of kind of the dysfunction and the lack of cohesion between the offensive play callers and the players in the field. Like, like when you see the yeah. plays that he was making in this past game, right? Right. First, first the run, right? Because he, he yeah, churned right. out a, little, a bunch uh, of jet bunch of yards yeah. after, after contact on the jet sweep. And that was mm. something he did all last year. Yeah. He's good with the ball in his hands. And then you think about, okay, he makes the contested grab over the middle, the touchdown grab where again, him and that play was not going to work. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, that play was not going to work. It only worked because Mac Jones looked over at Kendrick Bourne and noticed that the defender had his back to the quarterback and was like, Kendrick's looking. Mm-hmm. I will th- I'll throw him the ball and he'll make a play. And he did. And the sideline catch, look, that was, a, first of all, a good throw by Mac Jones. It was. But an even better catch. Who else on the team is doing that? So you mean to tell me you couldn't find room for that guy? To play more for you this year. Yeah. That's insane to me. He's not been that guy all year, though. You know, like early on, I remember he played like the one snap and made that 60-yard catch, I think, against Miami. And there was some other examples of him and making then, like and then one the pit- play and then when the he Pittsburgh go. game, he had like three targets or whatever. He caught for three, three for four of those targets. And yeah, again, he's had drops. It hasn't all been perfect. But in between but, all that, yeah, there was a lot of sort of mediocre games. And I know he maybe didn't play enough snaps. Yeah, but the opportunity wasn't was out right there. there. When he was out there, he wasn't doing much. And I just sort of think that, you know... I don't think that this offense was Kendrick Bourne playing 20% more snaps away from being a functioning offense, I guess is my point. No, and and, and 
it's kind of case in point, really, when you look at the plays I was just talking about. Right. Those were not great play calls. I mean, it's the same basic old vanilla offense it's been all year. The difference is you had a guy going out there making a play for his quarterback. Okay, and, and they were just made, they combined to make real NFL play, not mm. because, oh my goodness, it was it was so well drawn up, but just Mac was just like, okay, Kendrick Bourne, I bet you you can make this play <laughs> along the sideline, here you go. Or, uh, oh, Kendrick Bourne, you're paying attention to me when the you know, defender isn't, no one else is paying attention, so I'm going to throw you the ball. It's really that simple. So, so you're absolutely right. Kendrick Bourne being on the field does not make this a functional offense. You're still going to have the miscues. You're still going to have the ridiculous... Um, you know, scheming with the wide receivers and guys running into each other and all that. You're still going to have that part. And Kendrick Bourne was part of some of that, too, yeah, he was. in this game. The difference is that at least there's a play being made by somebody out there every once in a while. I was thinking about why he was sort of different in that in the in the scrum the other day. And it was probably because he played well. You know, like, he had a good game. He has nothing to be pissed off about. They lost. But I'd imagine Kendrick Bourne in his mind is already at peace with the fact that this isn't a likely playoff team. And he gets to sort of stand there and say, hey, look, I did my job, right? I I was out there going. I know you're going to ask me, why don't I play more? And I can sort of be humble about it and answer questions in a way that, uh, you know, I'll do, doesn't... I'll do whatever the coaches need me to do Exactly, right. You know, and I, you know, and you sort of wink and nod at everybody like, yeah, right. I should be playing a lot. I should be getting the ball a lot. Look at how good I am. All these things. And that's a very different sort of thing than when you just lost the game and you didn't play and uh and you know the coaches are are letting everybody down left and right and he didn't have a big comeback in the second half like I think that for all the talk of how they've lost four out of five and really if Murray didn't get hurt in the first drive they probably would have lost five out of five we're being honest here maybe if they hadn't uh if they hadn't lost all those games you know then you're sort of you're sort of looking at an offense that is just completely being held up by the defense and the special teams and for better or for worse, you got to at least hand it to the to the players in that locker room. There's not some big divide like the Denver Broncos have, right? I mean, you see, they're airing each other out on the offensive line. The backup quarterback's getting shoved around. The defense doesn't want any part of Russell Wilson. You're not seeing that with the Patriots. No. So they're keeping it in-house, whatever's going on there. And, I mean, look, as much as we have our opinions about Mac Jones, and, and I think Ross brought up the question. I've had this on my mind, too. Mm-hmm. When... Patriots defenders see what Mac Jones did to Eli Apple there. Are they looking at him sideways? Right. I mean, I'll tell you, though, that, I mean, like Jacoby Myers, I mean, I I asked him about this in post game, and he was just like, I'll roll with him any day because you know he's going to be putting it out there every single time, and and he's giving it everything he's got, and we respect that. The guys are behind Mac Jones on this team, and I think just generally, like, they, they like and believe in one another. I feel like, to, to me, when I'm in there, I don't feel like there's this whole thing where they don't like each other. I feel like whether they say it or not, whether it always shows or not, that they got each other's backs. Mm. But they don't know if the coaches got their backs, and they're not really feeling it the same way. Yeah, it uh, seems that way. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. It's Arcan. It's Kyrie Thompson. We're back after this. Original. Original. W-E-E-I. W-E-E-I. New England Sports Original. It's Arcand and Kyrie on WEEI. Quarter of the hour, 
Moore here, Sports Radio, WEEI, Christian Arkin, Kyrie Thompson. Nice to have you with us here today. Phone number 617-779-7937. Um, we're going to take a quick Patriots break here because there was a game last night. Uh, the Chargers taking on Nick Foles and the Indianapolis Colts. Foles uh, made it pretty easy for him. Three interceptions, a uh, two a special, or a concussed two a special, I guess. And uh, that puts the Chargers into the playoff picture. They're the team, Kyrie, that I picked to win the Super Bowl this year. I picked the Bolts uh, bolting up and, uh, and capturing the Lombardi Trophy this season. And for most of the season, I looked like an idiot. But now... Now I'd look like less of an idiot because they're actually going to be in the, in the playoffs. Um, we talked with Ross Tucker about this briefly. Any, any surprises you foresee here as, the, uh, as we get down to the last two weeks? Not necessarily. But, well, I'll say this. I, I am, as you kind of mentioned, a little bit surprised that both the Packers and the Lions yeah. are still in this, given how, well, okay, given how bad the Packers have been at points during this season. Like, bad, bad. Like they, look, they look completely cooked. But also just the Lions being the Lions. Now, I will say this. I mean, at, at the beginning of the year, it looked like they had the makings of you know, just something. But I never believed in Jared Goff. And, and Jared Goff definitely didn't do anything to prove me wrong when they came here right. to, to Gillette Stadium. But he's playing some of the best football of his career. Bill's not, got not his number. Bit. Bill's got Goff's yeah. number and Herbert's, too. You know, like every time they play Herbert, he always punks them. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I feel like it's great to have – so so – when you have a quarterback that most of the time you know where they're going to be, they're just going to be standing there. They're not going to be running around doing anything crazy, or even you know these quick processing quarterbacks. Right, the strength is is their brain. Well, that kind of to me plays you know into Bill Belichick's hand, where it's like okay, it's not necessarily that they have a lot of improvisational skill or what have you, but if you're just going to sit back there and be like, I'm going to read the defense. Well, he's going to disguise things. He's going to throw all kinds of weird stuff at you that you haven't seen. Or he's gonna, or he's gonna, you know, j- just kind of play with your mind. Mm. Whereas I feel like once a little bit of extra element is thrown in, and it's not just the typical, the usual suspects, right? The Justin Fields or the Lamar Jacksons, but Josh Allen too, when he does unpredictable things, that really just messes to me with with the Patriots' heads defensively. They yeah. don't respond very well to it, and it, to me, it's just it's a, it's a staple of the direction that the league is headed. I, I do want to throw something in here though real quick mm-hmm. it's funny everybody talking all this mess about uh uh you know justin herbert being a social media quarterback and he hasn't won anything or whatever right and oh look at look at tua he's such a winner justin herbert's going to the playoffs before tua has in their respective careers look at that yeah you know i mean it, it, tua may not i don't know if we're gonna see Tua again this year i you wouldn't know? i wouldn't i wouldn't do it the, of all the teams like, of all the teams in the league and of all the players in the league, especially this year where Tua was basically the poster boy of, you know, get that guy off the field. Where are these concussion spotters? How come they're not doing their job? To have that happen again is unbelievable. I mean, it's really unbelievable. This McDaniel guy, he's up there. Wow, we care about the health of our play. Do you really? Because this seems to happen a lot with this one player in particular who's, I don't know, kind of important to your whole operation. Because those two games Bridgewater played, they got smoked. He's not really good at running and, and that some, offense. And some Skylar Thompson. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's like, hey, newsflash, backup quarterbacks aren't as good as you think they are. Patriots <laughs> fans, take notes. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the thing with that, too, is like seeing the play that most people think the the concussion happened on it's like a carbon copy of the one that happened against Cincinnati where his head gets bounced off the turf and it's like we, we don't we don't see him get up and, and all of that but you mean nobody went at, went to check on him after that after seeing that play no one went back and looked at that that's insane to me 
You know, it's like at this point you're putting the guy's life at risk. Like I'm, I'm sorry, that that's not hyperbole. It's probably three concussions in a in the course of a couple of months. I've had one concussion. No, I'm sorry, I've had, I've had two concussions. One put me in the hospital. Really? Yeah. And, and, and was it a, during a sporting event? Yeah, basketball. Hit okay. my head. Hit my head on the parquet. I got a, a concussion in a basketball game too. Yeah, I my, got undercut. Yeah. Yep, hit my head on the parquet. I had I had a concussion in football too, which is kind of part of why I stopped playing. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like you can't have that that number of head trauma incidents happen that close together and not be thinking about your life at that point. That's yeah. not hyperbole. I know. And when you got that much money on the line, I mean, we know this. This is a this is a common problem that the NFL has when they try and go by these new rules and try and protect their players. A lot of times, and I'm not blaming them for this because it's their livelihood. A lot of times, players don't want to necessarily protect themselves if it means missing out on game checks, if it means missing time or potentially hurting their careers. They'll say, "Hey, you know, I'd rather get hit in the head than hit in the knee." You know, like if I get hit in the head, I can come back and play the next week. If I get hit in the knee, I might miss the rest of the year. And that's sort of the attitude that a lot of guys, and that's also why you can't ever get the union to pull in the same direction. That union's really weak because there's a lot of guys who don't make any money and who will do anything to get on the field. And exactly. their voices are going to be different from the 20 year vet like Tom Brady who's making $25 million. He'll expect certain things yeah. and want different things, but you can't get everybody to pull in that direction. It's the same thing with these head injuries. You know, like it's, it's too bad. Yeah. I mean, there's the culture. Yeah. Just shake the cobwebs out man like you'll be fine i mean the, the whole oh, you just got your bell rung yeah, it's got all, your bell rung. yeah it, it's all good and so that that's really where it's up to the teams yep. it's up to the independent you know medical spotters and all that stuff to to make sure that these guys are taken care of and if they're not doing it i mean i think, what, I think kenny pickett said that he self-reported concussion syndrome or you know, self-reported concussion symptoms now and, and i i read that and i thought first of all good on him mm. second of all how many players are doing that? How many players would be like, "Man, I ain't right." Like, you got to take me off this field. Like, like think. It about sounds it. like Tua did it like the next day, well, right? And, and the thing, he didn't say anything to him during the game. Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing, right? People actually lined up that clip where it's like, okay, Tua before and after this play, where he, like all three of his interceptions and, and like all of his horrible play came after that. His brain was probably addled, and and again, it's like no one, no one thought to check on that. Nope. I mean, it's it's unfortunate, you know. It's unfortunate that this is the the same problems that are being had. And even you know, you, you think about all the players in the league. If they can't get it right with Tua, <laughs> if they can't get it right with the guy, you had so many opportunities who to get forced it right you to sort of get your act together this year, and you still can't get it right, even with him. Oh, it just seems hopeless, doesn't it? It seems like a hopeless endeavor. Like, what? what's the point? And I hate to even put it that way because you're a football league and you have to protect yourself against lawsuits and all that other stuff. But it just seems like just seems like one of those things that's never going to get any better, unfortunately. But could end up being a huge break here for your New England Patriots as they try and uh, keep their playoff hopes alive. 617-779-7937. That's your phone number. When we come back, uh, we'll get uh, Kyrie Thompson's take on the Mac Jones play. Was it a dirty play? Do you care that it was a dirty play? What do you think of Mac Jones and his answer when we asked him about that dirty play yesterday? All that's coming up next. 
Greg Hill Show. Is there something in particular you saw from Mac this week that allowed him to really have that success attacking down the field? Well, again, a lot of that plays into the, the play and how it's covered and what the matchups are and so forth. So that's what he wants to do, and that's certainly what we want to do. Did you miss something? Listen to the podcast presented by City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston on the Odyssey app or at WEEI.com. The Greg Hill Show, morning 6 to 10 on New England Sports Original. WEEI. WEEI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.